1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey Doug Mallard. What up, Doug Benson? Well, I'm out in the field today coming to you, <laughs> you from oh, why are you laughing? <laughs> <From my laughs> I did a reporter from the field. Yeah, I love him. yeah. yeah I'm filing a special report. That, <laughs> yeah. Do, ever, do people ever get laughed at when they do that on the TV? No. <laughs> they, it can happen in the world of podcasting. Yeah. I am at Disney World Nice. in Orlando, Florida, Epcot, to be more specific. I couldn't even tell you. I think at one time I knew what Epcot stood for. Whoa. City of tomorrow is the last three words. I think, I think it's ecologically perfect. No, that can't be it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the geodesic sphere. I'm also looking at someone in a Winnie the Pooh costume who is, uh, getting pictures taken. And, uh, I'm thrilled that it's quiet enough in this corner that I found to <laughs> to do our show. Um, but like, you never know when a parade's going to go by or ch- children are going to start screaming. So that being said, um, I'm excited for our guest today, the hilarious Moshe Kasher. Woo-hoo! Yeah, and I hope he doesn't mind. We'll find out how he feels about disney world and amusement parks and the name moshe and the name doug and all that kind of stuff uh right now let's go to work Hello, Moshe Kasher.
0: Hello, Doug. What
1: up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many Dougs, how many dogs have you guys had on? And and, and how did you make the decision making process of which Doug to work with, you guys?
1: Well, we decided to work with each other. And <laughs> you know, since we're both Dougs, that was I had the brilliant idea that we should do a show about being named Doug, but it turns out we don't have that many friends or acquaintances named Doug, and also a lot of the famous you know, Dugs with any notoriety, uh, we don't want to speak to for one reason or another. So <laughs> we did. So have,
0: uh, we did have your pal uh, DJ Doug pound on at one point. Uh, I, he I was, was going to recommend, but now yeah, that I know there's Doug, there's Doug drama, who's your <laughs> least favorite Doug, guys? No, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> we both know. You
1: know. We we have we definitely have a least favorite one, but the thing is, is we've only had like five Dougs total, I think, and we certainly are going to have more someday. But we've discovered this, you know, fun to talk to our friends, especially because, you know, everybody's name comes with, uh, you know, a certain amount of uh, baggage, uh, either good or bad, or, you know, whatever you happen to think it is. So that's what we get into right at the start: is your name? Uh, oh, yeah, I got,
0: I got I got lots to say about my name. My name. Is I Bennett. bet you do. <laughs> I, my name, ironically, has been a cross to bear, you guys. Even though it's the opposite of a cross, it's a Jewish star. Um, I—I'll uh, tell you a funny story about my name. <clears throat> my name is Moshe Kasher, and you guys um, know the uh, the 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 hilarious Doug. Uh, um, not Doug. I've got too many Dugs on the brain. <laughs> D- Dave. D- Dave Feldman. Right.
1: Yes, David Feldman. Yes, very funny. One,
0: one of the great dark joke writers um, in. And he's so funny. And the, one of the earliest um, feature sets I ever did when I, I got to at Rooster Tea Feathers, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that lovely place mm-hmm. too. Dave, yeah. David Feldman, when he found out my name was Moshe Kasher, he was such a Jew from another generation that he, in the green room, which actually at Rooster Tea Feathers is the green room, is actually either a supply closet where you're sitting next to like four gallon uh, cans of nacho cheese sauce or. <laughs> it's just an alley outside so we were in the
1: patio outside yeah (laughs) that's right
0: so we (laughs) were in the green room we were in the green room uh, and dave david feldman had like a two-hour argument with himself about whether or not i should change my name or if my name was too jewy to make it in show business And, (laughs) and i was just sitting there silently he literally was going Moshe Kasher you're not gonna make it you you can't make it in in show business with a name that Jewish you got to change your name oh what am I talking about don't change your name be who you are we're living in a new era no you got to change your name it's really important that you change. and I'm sitting there like you know 23 years old like I'm not changing my fucking name I don't even I barely know you so he was he was having like a Jewish argument with himself
1: (laughs) Yeah, and also, you know, no offense to David Feldman, he's a friend, but, uh, you know, not only is that name very Jewish, it's also boring and Jewish. Like, at least Moshe (laughs) Kasher, you should have been like, Moshe Kasher sounds cool, dude. (laughs) I should have. You say it fast, nobody even knows what's happening. Yeah, but you know how
0: it is, Doug, (laughs) like when you're early in comedy and like a headliner, anything a headliner's saying, you're just like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll change my name, whatever you think. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got all the good ones. I got like one headliner insisted that facial hair isn't funny on anyone.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm just like, wow, this has been a lot. You you guess you never heard of Groucho Marx. <laughs> um, but anyway, Or Adolf yeah, Hitler. Adolf Hitler for that matter. I mean, you know, unfortunately for us comedians, uh, Hitler has provided a lot of uh a, a lot of laughter, you know. I can
0: I can, I can <laughs> You know, what I, mean? I can, Oh, yes. I would love to hear you expand on this, Doug.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what I mean, like the producers and like Hitler is like it's it's funny. Now it's somehow become like it's funny to have somebody come out dressed as Hitler. It's just it's you know, now it comes down to the setting, I guess. Well, Chaplin I did it first. Right.
0: The great dictator like Chaplin was yeah, already. Yeah. I mean, he was that was sort of probably simultaneous.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean that was a takedown of Hitler but also I mean just had such beautiful, you know, poetic uh, imagery and uh, and was uh yeah. Uh, it's Hitler's just uh, you know, he was a problem,
0: but a funny and, problem. Uh, we can all agree. Yeah. <laughs> now, but now
1: but now like, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like comedians who don't aren't shocked by anything. Hitler's a easy go-to, you know. Well, no, that was my
0: one of my my first openers uh that i got was, in, hitler? was hitler yeah he used to open for me uh, cool. and i told him i used to sit with him in the green room and go adolf hitler you gotta change your name there's no way you're gonna make in show business with a name like that <laughs> there was this guy that used to run germany that, there's a lot of problems with the name and anyway no i if you, you guys want to hear the real story of my name it's not i don't know if it's funny but it's definitely a oh absolutely though of- no. Uh, Yeah, I I grew up um, and and, and I don't like talking about this too much, but since this is a name podcast, I, I I will just be honest, I grew up Moshe is my middle name. And my father, um, my father. In, in the Jewish tradition, uh, the, the father is the mother is supposed to name the firstborn son. Uh, I'm sorry. The, 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 yeah, the mother gets to name the firstborn son and the father gets to name the second born son. That's a tradition, small T tradition. It's not like a law. It's just like a custom of Eastern European Jews. So my my parents are deaf. I think you both know that they're both deaf. That's semi important to the story. Um, and my mom named my brother, David. And then I was born three years later and my dad said that he wanted me to be named Moshe and my mom refused. She hated the name. She said that it sounded like uh, a moose. Now, Keep in mind, my mother ha- is deaf. Has been deaf since birth. She does not know what Moshe sounds like. She doesn't know what Moose sounds like, and she doesn't know what eventually she d- d- decreed my name would be, which is Mark. My first name, legal first name, is Mark, and uh, my, that is the name that I grew up with. Uh, and my dad, um, my dad, always called me Moshe my entire life. Right. So, so, so that <laughs> that's that's how it started. Um, and I was in Oakland Public Schools uh, with the name Mark. Everything was going pretty well, even though my dad did call me Moshe. And I, I, I always identified more with my with that name, or with my middle name. I wasn't about to take the swing in Oakland Public Schools in, you know, the, the late 80s and early 90s of being like, I'm going to go by my biblically mandated uh, Hebrew name because I would get roasted over the coals. Right. And then in about i think 1990 or 89 i don't know if you remember that the term mark had a resurgence as an insult you know like in the 20s and 30s you were a mark if you got taken advantage of by a con man and then it Mm -hmm. came it came back into prominence in the black community uh just in time for me to get to like fifth and sixth grade in a predominantly black public school so all of a sudden. This name that I didn't prefer became, you know, it, it was the Mark ass Buster era. And I, <laughs> and I was just living with this horrifying. I mean, every person I met was like, you're a Mark, Mark, Mark's a Mark that went on and on and on. And then finally, uh, I, I went to, uh, rehab and all kind, gotten all kinds of trouble when I was, you know, in my early, And I'm sure it was all directly connected to being named Mark, um. I went and uh, i got in all kinds of trouble uh in my early teenage years and then i went to rehab for the last time and i got sober and part of getting sober is this like rejiggering and re-identity figuring out who you are who you really are and want to be in the world or whatever um or it can be that for a lot of people and it was for me and when i was about 16 um i remember i was like trying to eschew and get rid of this old identity this old uh this old idea of who i was and a lot of that uh, i felt like was tied up in that in that name and i and i was thinking about like i should go by my middle name but i didn't quite have the courage to do it and i remember i went to this rave uh, 16, newly sober, I went to this full moon rave on Bonnie Dune in Santa Cruz, and uh, it was the first, the first like underground party I ever went to, and uh, and I, you know, I was like really like taken and, and enamored of the uh, of the rave scene and this new life that I was entering into because my old life had been like all like gangsterism and trying to be like a little white boy gangster and like I was getting rid of that but I didn't know what my new identity would be and then I I found the rave scene in San Francisco and it was all love and peace and hippie and vibes and uh and psychedelia and just like a much warmer environment socially than I had been exposed to in Oakland and I remember I was sitting by this fire at this full moon party in Bonnie Doon in Santa Cruz at like three o'clock in the morning. And this beautiful woman, the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Every woman at this party was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. This woman asked me what my name was. And I just, I looked at her and I had this like paradigm shifting moment. And I said, it's Moshe. And that was the first time that I told someone that was my name and that was the last time that I ever went by the name Mark. And that was, oh gosh, probably almost 30 to 25 years ago. And that is how I officially uh, got rid of being a Mark-ass buster. Wow. I wish either of us Dougs had a story like that for... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, there's hardly any Dougs that are like, that's the day I decided to call myself Doug. <laughs>
0: by the way you know who you guys should get on here the the most famous doug that dude that's got that show on nickelodeon
1: we've discussed uh you know having the guy that does the voice of doug that's a great uh, idea you know that'd be fun to talk to him we have talked to some actors who have you know played characters named doug and it's all it's all uh you know pretty interesting because um know it's just turning out everybody like this story you just told us everybody's got stuff about their own name and you rarely get interviewed anywhere where somebody goes what do you think of your name (laughs) Well, well it's interesting
0: it's interesting because like you know i i have this i have a daughter now and i'm like i'm like i'm sometimes she will tell me she wants to go by her middle name but it doesn't feel serious it feels like she's just like experimenting with autonomy and power and like but but also i you know i i think about like there's so much wrapped up in your identity with what you're called, you know? Like, and and I look at my daughter walking and she's got this little toddler walk. And then I was thinking about, at some point she's gonna settle into what her walk is. You know how like, Doug, I, if I saw you, uh, Doug Benson, I feel like I, I i know your walk better than than you, uh, Doug Mo. It's funny to say Doug because I don't. You don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. Manager. But if I saw you from behind, Doug, I mean, I would be like, oh, that's Doug Benson, especially because I know you so well, that angle of you from behind. Just kidding. That was a sexual <laughs> joke. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a yeah. part of who you are. You settle into you ness, and she hasn't settled into that yet. Like, she doesn't yeah. know what her name is. She doesn't know what her walk is, what her laugh will be like, what she really is. And, like, there's a whole crazy tradition of like people like you know Ram Dass. He was Richard Alpert, and then he had a spiritual awakening. All of a sudden, he's Ram Dass, or or Malcolm X becomes Malcolm X, and before that, he was something else. Like there is something about what you're called that really feels like connected in this deep level to who who you are or who you want to be.
1: Yeah, and that's why a lot of uh, actors you know pick a new name you know because uh, you know it's just a chance to invent themselves and you know they probably should do a little more work than just, just a catchy name, but, uh, uh, it's definitely what they do. What about, yeah. what about like, uh, Moshe at, uh, do you go to Starbucks? Like, well, how, well, how do they butcher your name when you, when they have to call it out? Great question. No, I have, I have, Star- <laughs> I have a Starbucks
0: name. They never butcher my name because every time I order anything, I am Mo. Ah, clever! Wow, yeah. I think I think everybody that has a challenging name um, has a Starbucks name. That, that's a, a theory that I'm working with, and I think that it's true. You just don't want to deal with having. So, and you know, there's. I also. I don't like when people look at my name the way it's spelled because it's spelled phonetically weird. You know, there's an E on the end and it it should be kind of an A. But in truth, it actually the E belongs, but it's this incredibly subtle E. And when people try, it's like more like Jose, you know, it's like it's like Moshe. It's like a very soft eh, but when people try to pronounce the eh, they end up calling me Moshe, which makes me feel like I'm like a a, a sort of Paris is burning kind of drag, early drag performer, you know? So I wish I, when I do comedy clubs and I'm not, I always ask the opener, even 20 years into comedy, I always ask the opener, do you know how to pronounce my name? Because I've had every permutation of mispronunciation on stage right
1: yeah it's just uh it's just uh anybody with even the slightly uh, anything slightly unusual and then you know the idea of it's just a telephone game of like somebody a comedian's like hosting the show they got to do their act and then at the end of it they have to remember not only remember your first and last name but also how to say it so oh, it's like I
0: opened for <laughs> Karen Rontowski. Do you know her? Karen Rontowski. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. And I was opening for her. also, weirdly, a Rooster Teeth Feathers. You know, all my name stories <laughs> come from the most um, banal and normally, normally named comedy club in America, Ro- <laughs> Rooster Teeth Feathers. We should, you should have them on to figure out how they decided to call themselves that. But right. I remember I, was, oh, I wasn't even featuring them. This was when I was hosting. And I, all weekend long, was having to introduce her and I was fucking panicked yeah. that I was going to get her name wrong. So I had it like written on multiple hands, like hands, you know, like both, <laughs> yeah. both of my hands, I had Rontowski and Karen and I just didn't know what I was going to all weekend. I didn't have any fun that weekend. Cause all I did was stress out about mispronouncing her name. Right. And when you're in your head about <laughs> it, it makes it worse. Like a hundred percent in your mind. It's terrible. It's
1: like, it reminds, me, it reminds me of like that old Andy Kindler bit about how, like when you're told not to swear on stage and so in your head, you're going, don't say pussy, say vagina. Don't say pussy, say vagina. <laughs> you know, and like, and then you ultimately say the wrong one because that's what we do. Yeah, you know, oh, say the inappropriate things, you know, and, what? uh, My
0: favorite thing is to see a comedian doing a TV set or a TV uh, audition and you can tell the points at which they had a funny, dirty punchline that has been adjusted to try to get on TV. Like you you feel like, oh, that's not the punchline of that joke because that's that's not as funny as that could be if you had like something dirty right there. I remember there was a comedian and the punchline was, uh, and sometimes it gets really bad. Like this comedian, the punchline was, Attack of the killer pussy. I don't remember what the joke was, but the the substitution she used was attack of killjoy. And it was like everyone in the audience simultaneously scratched their heads. Like like it just it it didn't make any sense. Like it, it was not it was I remember that a Dave Letterman audition, and I go, okay, check. If you can't do the joke and make it clean and make it funny and make sense, don't just don't do the fucking yeah. joke.
1: <laughs> well, that's the trouble is that they 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 go, you could say this joke if you do this. And too many of us, myself included, like one time Comedy Central got me to change. I would have rather they just bleeped it, but they got me to change uh, instead of fingering herself, they had me say playing with herself. Uh
0: huh. And it just didn't and work. And that is
1: just, it just doesn't have the, it's too it you know, Fingering yeah. herself is such a funny expression. Right, right, right. <laughs> <You know>? Totally. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, at the time, finger blasting wasn't really an expression, but I guess blasted herself might have been fun. You
0: could have <laughs> had, like, Doug, that could have been you. You could have been the the, the pioneer that created finger blasting.
1: <laughs> but I think they would have not liked finger blasting either.
0: <laughs> I feel
1: like, because is there some weird thing with uh, penetration? Like anything sexual where something's going into another thing, Uh, At least that's how it used to be. I mean, now things are loosening up so much. But I had a funny uh, Doug story because today my Uber driver was one of those Uber drivers that called me Dog. (laughs) oh Oh, you mean he did he did it on
0: purpose like what's up dog
1: no 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 No. he english was not his first language and you know i don't care about that you know i can i can listen to a gps in spanish i'll 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 do that while we're on our ride but when Reynaldo went to pick me up uh me and my girlfriend to go to to here to disney world um (laughs) There was a bunch of people that already started loading stuff into his car and we walked up and went hey i think this is our car and then the people loading the stuff up went oh sorry and they unloaded their stuff and then it turns out that the guy had said to them twice dog and they just kept loading their stuff in, not knowing why he keeps saying dog to them. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> well, D- Doug, to be fair, you're in Florida. I feel like that's the proper greeting for any man in Florida. like, so, what's up, dog? It just feels like that's normal.
1: Yeah, that's what it should be. But it was still, it was just such a funny... Uh, that these people were just like, yeah, this must be our Uber. And he just keeps saying something about dogs. We don't, uh, I don't know what that's <laughs> about, but uh, we got to get to the airport. No red flags. Let's just go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, go, go. And then they even tried it. Then when we got in the car, it was a big car. You know, I like to order a big car. Cause it's, you know, if somebody's a shitty driver, at least if we crash, if we're in a big car, it's, you know, it's feel safer. And, uh, <laughs> and so we get in, and one of the people even did the, you know, the, the, Hey, did you order a car for five people? Like we're not allowed to order a car. Like they should be get the car we ordered. Cause there's so many of them. There was five of them. I mean, once we're, they, just, we're, we're just what's, two people. Like, they're like, why don't you just take the next one? And the whole time I'm like, didn't you order an Uber? Isn't your Uber on the way?
0: Yeah, that's also, not how it works. It's also, yeah, what's the end game there that, that you're like, you know what? You're right. This is selfish. You guys get in. I'll pay for you wherever you have to go, and you pay for me, and hopefully one of us will win. That's, that's the new, like, twist on trading places. You get in the wrong <laughs> left, and you go to the wrong place. Just see where life takes you.
1: <laughs> what about Moshe when you are in a loud situation like a noisy bar and you 're telling somebody your name? how many attempts uh, do you, does it take or do you drop back to mo in that situation as well
0: that's a, I, you know i don't that's i that 's something i don 't have an answer for i How many attempts you, you, the only thing I can think of in that situation is when I repeat. So when I ask someone else to repeat something enough times and I still can't hear or understand them, what I usually do is just laugh and hope that what they were saying was something funny. <laughs> yep, I just yeah. like that seems like the I feel like a little chuckle is probably the most the most statistically appropriate response to something someone says enough of the time. But my own name, I, I guess I will just give them what they need to have the information the, of what my true name is.
1: Right, but you know what I mean? Like when the music's layering and you're like standing there going my name is Mojo. like it sounds you know what i mean it's like they, they, they go is your name mother are you saying motion or you, you know what are you saying i feel you know? like
0: i feel oh you know what i i want to answer that but i just had a, a very funny memory of uh, of another name story i have um i will just probably abandon ship after two or three and allow them to miss because what do i care if i'm screaming my name at you at a, at a crowded bar the odds that this is going to come up again feel pretty low sure yeah um, <laughs> but, but you reminded me. So this is actually thematically connected to the last story. Um, and it's about my name. So I became Moshe at that rave. And I walked through the world as Moshe. And it took a long time, you know, like, I remember I would be uh, in, I was in AA at the time and I would be and you know, I was like kind of the mascot in AA at that time because I was so young. I was like 16 and I, I was by far the youngest person in every AA meeting I ever went to. And I would say, Uh, I, they knew me as Mark and I decided at this rave to change my name and I would go, you know how the AA thing is, you go, hi, my name is blank and I'm an alcoholic and everybody says, hi, blank. So I would go into meetings and say, my name is Moshe, this new name and identity that I had, and I'm an alcoholic and everybody would answer back, hi, Mark, like to fuck with me. Like that, I don't know what kind of gentle ribbing has to do with, um, a young man's, uh. Uh, recovery but that was what was going on there okay so i was (laughs) so i was getting i was getting and i got simultaneously more and more into the rave scene and i started throwing parties and i started djing and i started uh, eventually i started selling ecstasy which was a very fun um sort of contradiction in terms like during the in the early evenings i'd go to a, a, a meeting like a 12-step meeting and then late at night i'd go to a rave and i'd be selling ecstasy all night which was also a funny thing because people from the meetings would sometimes come to the raves and see me and i would have to like do like a weird dance to try to like you know make sure because I, I was like the, the i would be the guy at the at the you know the entrance to the rave saying like e e e e e gads good to see you fellas from the uh tuesday night men's meeting nice to see everybody <laughs> but um But I started DJing and I I, I, I slowly got a little bit of notoriety just locally in the San Francisco rave scene for for, uh, DJing, especially because I was throwing my own parties. I got to do these gigs and I, I built my name up enough that I was a somebody, not a nobody like a, like a, like a local uh, headliner kind of a thing in comedy terms and years went by. And my, my DJing career didn't really take off in the way I wanted it to. And I started to become dis, a little disillusioned with the rave scene. That's probably just because I was getting older. and But I also had this, like, real ego battle where, as a DJ, I was becoming less and less important and significant. And I had to deal with, you know, the kind of sun setting on this dream that I had of becoming this, like, you know, big rave DJ. and But I had I'd been playing in locally for, you know – a long time i like had a name for myself and all of a sudden out of nowhere as i was kind of becoming disgruntled and getting a little older there was another dj that started appearing on flyers for uh, the san francisco rave scene and his name was e moshe e moshe and uh um, oh. and spelled with the name with the a at the end of moshe you know the, the, the phonetic he, he he did it phonetically correctly and i was like who the fuck is this guy i first of all i was like i thought i was Emocha, i'm the ecstasy dealer but i was like who the fuck is this guy just coming on the scene deciding he can just ha- put a, an, a letter in front of my name and do and be this dj so i i tracked him down i i saw a flyer that he was on and even though i was like i didn't know it at the time i wouldn't have been able to admit it to myself but i was exiting that part that chapter of my life you know and that part of my identity i still had a lot of ego tied up in it And i tracked this kid down i found him at this party and i killed him but anyway that's how i started comedy no 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 i didn't kill it i i confronted him in this warehouse i was like um i was like hey are you e Moshe? and he's like pleasant as could be he's like yeah yeah and i go what the fuck, dude like i'm moshe and he's like cool and i'm like no not cool like what the fuck? why are you called e moshe i go is is your name moshe he's like nope like he had no connection to the name moshe at all he was like a filipino kid not jewish i don't even know where he got it from and i was like well, you can't do that. Like, you can't just have my name with an, a letter in front of it. I was like, look, all, and I started going, like, all old school, like, you know, break uh, breakin' break style. Like, I go, look, I'll battle you. I'll, I'll battle you for the name. Like, we can do a thing. We can throw an event where, where you DJ and I DJ and we battle and whoever is the better DJ gets to keep the name. And which I thought was a pretty bold and very, um, <laughs> yeah, very. 1980s hip hop movie way (laughs) to do it right yeah and he goes no i'm just gonna keep the name (laughs) and i was just like i don't have any weapons left i mean i guess i could fight you so then i just um He just won completely. And I just was like, I walked out of the rave and was like, I guess that guy's emotion now. And I think very, very soon thereafter, I stopped DJing. It it wasn't directly connected, but it was definitely like a, a symbolic punctuation on this exit I'd been taking from this scene and this dream. <laughs> Good. God. What do you
1: think happened to Emosha?
0: That's a great question. I would love to find out. I mean, it was so he was never big. He was never really a threat. It was just I mean, what would you do if all of a sudden you found out there was a comedian named Doug Penson and and he <laughs> and he was doing very similar he, he had a podcast that was you know, about movies and it was a game. I mean, it was just like or he did a podcast with another Doug. I mean, you would just be like, "What? Like, even though he's not a threat, it's like, you can't just do that. And the truth is, yeah, I guess you can. Like, if you don't care about, like, somebody yelling at you and saying, that's not cool, you can kind of do whatever you want unless they are down to get physically violent. Right.
1: Yeah, or actually, you know, try to, you know, sue you or something, but you'd have to be, you know. You you were certainly in no position to threaten him with that.
0: (laughs) I would have loved to have called a law firm like, hi, I'm
1: a 19 year old ecstasy
0: dealer. I'm having a bit of a legal issue with another DJ in the scene. (laughs) Like, I don't think we can help. We get this all yeah. the time.
1: <laughs> hey, your, your ad said that you only get paid uh, if if we win. So let's do this. Let's go
0: to... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we don't, we're not legally obligated to take the case on. though. you that, right?
1: I mean, you're throwing away free money, man.
0: I honestly would love for Emosha... <laughs> I would love for Emosha to get in touch with me. If I don't know how I could find him. Maybe the power... Uh, of this podcast will connect me back to emotion, but I would love to see whatever happened to him.
1: Well, He's I also thought to... of a, what's that, Doug?
0: He's married to a DJ named Natasha. Which <laughs> is E-Nitasha. Yeah. E Natasha. It's E Natasha.
1: <laughs> I thought of a new DJ name for you though. Yes. If you, if you ever want to dip back into it, yes. Uh, DJ Casher outside. Okay, <laughs> so just connect back to the, the Dr.
0: Phil, viral <laughs> character from Dr. Phil.
1: <laughs> yeah, people still still love talking about, it. hi, Winnie. I'm the <laughs> Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh just blew me a kiss. Ask, ask Winnie the
0: Pooh how he feels about his name. He's another person whose name became an insult later in his life.
1: He's walking away. <laughs>
0: you know, I'm sure that Disney, there's no way Disney wouldn't let you uh, have one of their characters be on your podcast in costume though. Right. They'd be cool about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just was in, in a sense. <laughs> Cause I really was, I really just had an exchange with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> it was strange how few people there around besides me and Winnie the Pooh, like their handlers, his handler, uh, handler. stays way back. The person that's watching to make sure nobody like tackles poo or something is like way far away. So like it was just me and poo hanging out for a second. What's the deal he's with? Got a, he's got a nice Santa hat. Yes, Moshe. Oh, I was just gonna
0: say, like, what is the uh, what is the deal with poo when it when it was written? When uh, was it Milne? <laughs> that's who wrote it, right? Was yeah, it Milne? Was it not? poo at that time was it uh, a good thing and then eventually it got started being shit or like i wonder i wonder what to deal with the with poo what's the deal with poo is it the title of <laughs> my new special by the way
1: i think that uh i think that a.a a. milne thought uh that a word was being made up like winnie the Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. you know winnie the fluff and stuff or winnie the you know uh, just whatever, like just it's like a nonsense word or something, because it can't it can't mean it can't mean poo. It can't mean like they didn't name this bear after feces. No, no, no. I know he didn't mean it. I'm just wondering. Did, was just, there a time- but, I, I, but that's what I'm saying is like, what. but did poo really mean something else? Or was uh, was it just a silly sounding? And also, why is it? Why is he is he the only poo? Why isn't he a poo? Well, maybe he is
0: um, an old poop. Like, do you ever see On Golden Pond? Yeah. They, they're constantly calling each other, Catherine Hepburn and who? who's he... Tracer, Henry Fonda Henry Fonda they're constantly calling each other old poops in this way that they think is charming but watching it in 2021 is just like very uncomfortable like yeah. not, even on, not even on a shit level just on a like uh, this doesn't feel affectionate it feels bizarre maybe that's what he was back then it's like you know he because he is a bit of a he is a bit of a, a, a wet blanket isn't he or, or is he just happy well, and Eeyore is a wet blanket yeah I guess that's it
1: who is sort of uh, he's fixated like uh, uh, getting honey is more important than pretty much anything right he's a drug like, addict that's right you know, i think he's the gordon gecko of the bad <laughs> world and if he has the chance to stab somebody in the back and get a shit ton of honey he'd do it
0: that's right honey for lack of a better term is good right
1: yeah yeah exactly you got want a an, big pot, pot full of it
0: uh, i got another one this is what a great name conversation you oh, wait, me... hang
1: on a second we we, uh, we do one commercial break during the show and this is a great tease to say we're going to come back with a uh, uh, Something that Moshe just thought of that's going to be amazing. We'll, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back. So, Moshe, you were saying.
0: Well, you, um, you connect. It's funny how all these stories. I didn't know I had all these name stories until I got on this podcast. Love but it. You, you were saying uh, my DJ name could have been DJ Ka- Cash or Me Outside. Actually, um, I, uh, this is not about me being a DJ, but it is connected because, as is true with every young boy who grew up in Oakland in the 90s, at one point in my life, I decided maybe I wanted to start rapping. Right. And I and I'm talking like nine years old and I my name, as we have already discussed, was Mark Moshe Kasher. So M. M. What do you think I chose for my rapper name?
1: Oh, I'm going to guess either Twix or Kit Kat. (laughs)
0: it was it was eminem eminem I i could have been the guy that was called eminem i could have taken that name trademarked it and been the real eminem in some ways i am the real eminem (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and then Eminem himself Would be standing around somewhere Telling you, hey, you can't do that You'd be like, tough shit blue, Eminem.
0: Well, Yeah, and then I'm sure Eminem Would have reacted to me saying tough shit In exactly the same way I reacted to Emotia <laughs> yeah. Just impotently walking out of the space That he confronted me And he would have been cool about it, right? Yeah, he's a, he yeah. seems like a chill guy, for sure Sure, yeah. he doesn't have any goons
1: I think that was the day that, that he went home And wrote the song Stand That's right. (laughs) Uh, It's um, you're you're great at this, Moshe. I really appreciate uh, you joining us for this conversation. And I'm wondering, you are of course married to our friend Natasha Leggero, yes, who has a you know pretty bomb ass name, first and last. I think the, the whole thing's pretty great so is that why was there ever a moment where she considered natasha kasher
0: oh god i know (laughs) on so many levels no (laughs) although you know i would be i find the the whole ritual of a woman changing her name to be the man's name to be so bizarre and archaic and weird like it just it's so weird. And I'm not even saying that, like, Hey, look at me, I'm a feminist. It's just like, I, I, you just subsume their identity based solely on the fact that you, that you're the man. It just seems so weird, but especially with somebody like Natasha, who's already obviously got a established, uh, presence in the world. But I did, I was surprised at how, um, easily she, defaulted to my last name for our kid like i i i would have been willing to do anything a high hy- a hyphenated name uh i would have, i would have or i don't know what i don't know if i would have gone just with her name but i she just i don't know why but she was just like yeah yeah we'll just call her Casher. but i think she like <clears throat> reserves the right to uh change our kid's name to legero should she decide to go into uh either the show business or uh being like a showgirl because it does feel or a fashion designer it feels a little bit more uh you know flashy doesn't it than cashier? Yeah.
1: oh for sure and she probably guess has her own uh issues with uh doing stand-up and i mean now i guess legero's just like everybody knows it because of her but uh i, I bet sure. early on there was a lot of butchering of her name definitely and also uh she, uh, she uh,
0: you'll have her on the podcast i don't really want to tell her name stories but uh, but anyway i just will say that her family butchered her their own name for a long time they came from the old country or whatever and uh and they started calling themselves uh Leggero, like uh, after a, a couple oh of generations life. they and then and then you know, somebody talked to a real Italian person and was like, that's not the way you pronounce it. And, and, they, and then she yeah, she was and she thank you so much. <laughs> and then she was like, I mean, I'm, I'm punching above my weight class here because, you know, as you know, I can do an amazing Yiddish accent. But that was really stretching my comfort zone to be, you know, to go. And that was great. You could be the new Mario for sure. The, the, the lady in the tramp, the cooks and Lady in the Tramp. But anyway, uh, so that's how she like rediscovered the correct, correct pronunciation of her name wow
1: yeah i've met people that uh, i even have friends that like would allow me to say their last name wrong just because it was easier than like they didn't feel like correcting me and then it just it happened too many it started happening too many times they just completely let it go but i'm always shocked about that when i hear it because it's just like i'm not so insensitive that i would Intentionally keep saying it wrong. If you just really told me it's correct pronunciation.
0: <laughs> well, no. And uh, Doug, I hope this doesn't sound insulting to you, what I'm about to say, but uh, there is a negotiation that I do when somebody mispronounces my name is like, how important is this person in my long-term life? that I need to waste the energy of making sure they pronounce it correctly. Like if somebody calls and is like, you know, is this Moshi Casher And it's just like somebody from a, you know, a, the, the phone company, I'm not gonna be like, actually, you know what? No, it's not that, it's actually Moshe. There's a soft E and you know, I just go like, yeah, that's me, what's up? Right.
1: Yeah, or you immediately know that it's not someone that knows you and you say, goodbye. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's exactly right. Like, yes. like right. when phone sales say, you know, any solicitor calls me Douglas, I know it's not anybody that I know. And I can just, I can just say, hey. My favorite thing now is to say, hey, I'm podcasting and hang up. Like that's the word <laughs> excuse. <laughs> like, I got a call,
0: I got a call <laughs> recently from, from, you know, it used to be um, uh, uh, sp- possible spam. Yeah, your, yeah. now it's the, yeah. they're getting a little more aggressive. Now I'm getting calls from Scam Likely. Scam yeah. Likely, oh, right. yeah. who is who is who is possible Spam's uh, nefarious criminal older brother. <laughs> but yeah, I answered good. the phone the other day on, on our podcast, the Endless Honeymoon podcast and Natasha and I do together. I answered the phone. When scam likely called because we were doing it on Zoom, and I, 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 and I, I said, "Hello, is this scam likely?" And they hung up immediately. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant! (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Hello, spam risk. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: (laughs) And what if they say, "Yeah, that's me."
1: Yeah, (laughs) then then you just you're gonna meet a person named Spam Risk.
0: (laughs) I think the biggest spam risk is probably uh, high cholesterol or coronary heart disease
1: yeah that stuff
0: guys you like that that was a spam joke (laughs) yeah how spam both is a a name of unwanted advertisement but also a meat product (laughs) you're on it's crazy
1: it's crazy that spam only had one meaning when uh you know when monty python Python had a field day with it it didn't mean two things that's right (laughs) winnie winnie
0: the spam i mean what did they what was he thinking (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was monty thinking
0: yeah. um, <laughs> monty <all right>. himself
1: <laughs> yeah so uh i think we kind of touched on this already but uh, what about uh as as any nicknames ever stuck for you in your life or do are people once you started calling yourself motion to just just go with that well yeah mark
0: mark Ass buster was my nickname um <laughs> in uh, elementary school and middle school also i got um i got white boy was a commonly uh, a common refrain you'd hear around the halls of oakland public schools my brother called me mo so my brother calls me mo my family my hasidic family they sometimes would called me mo man which was like a really cute like childhood nickname um, and and i think that people most often call me mosh and I don't really mind any of those. Anybody, can, and you know what? I don't even mind moisha. If people, you know, sometimes you know, there's a term called uh, the, called bageling, which is that Jews when they're when they when they're in the wild, Jews are trying to find other Jews to mate with, you know. And they're talking sure. to a, they're talking to a girl, and they want to figure out if they're a Jew. They'll start like what's called bageling. It's like chumming the water with Jewish references, you know, where you go yeah. like do you like so are you you a filter fish fan and then if they go like yeah i love it you go oh my god awesome we can make a baby together but um but uh (laughs) i i feel like sometimes people like to call me moisha to like signal that they know that it's a, that it's the Yiddish pronunciation of my name. And, and I don't mind that. I, I, that's the one bastardization. It's not even a bastardization. It's kind of like the difference between uh, Ariel and Ariel. Like I don't mind it. And I, if somebody calls me that, I feel like they're, they're, they're like an uncle to me.
1: The other night on uh, Curb Your enthusiasm, Larry got a guy to do something he wanted him to do by starting to drop uh, those expressions until he, you know, until they both knew they were on the same page and that they're both Jewish. That's
0: hilarious. You know, the opposite works too, though. Sometimes you can, you know, if, when you get too into like tribal identity, you can get, find yourself getting hustled by it. Like, you know, you, you're like, when I was, I remember when I first went to Israel, I was like in this, like, oh, everybody here's a Jew. Like, you know, I was in college and I was just like, yeah, it's like the brotherhood of, 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 of Jews. Everybody here's my brother. And then this taxi driver, pulled up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to this one restaurant. And he, um, he, he was like, no problem. He's like, it'll be $40 or whatever. And he drove me and he drove me to the left, to the right, a mile down, took a right. And then a left, and then drove me basically half a block away from where we started. And I was like, Oh, this motherfucker, like, like he was, I, I thought these uh, we were my, my brothers. This dude was just straight up hustling me for $40. Was it uh, spam <laughs> scam likely? Was that? Yeah. It was spam likely. Yes. <laughs> but as we, we, we would say it in the Yiddish pronunciation, uh, uh, scam, uh, scam likely. Yeah. <laughs> did you, oh my God. Did you get a, uh, did you uh, confront him about it? no i mean that's what have you ever got have either of you ever gotten hustled in a foreign country it's very difficult to be like to stand up for yourself when you're already a little bit impotent because of right. the cultural and linguistic barrier i mean i kudos to people that do it but i always just find myself like taking the l and walking away yeah we, got, yeah. <laughs> we had a situation like that on our honeymoon in thailand and it just kind of the barrier was there we knew we had been scammed but it just ended in my wife crying and we went to bed very early <laughs> that was it there was nothing there was no win there it was just i terrible. know did, he, did she cry in front of the con artist no uh maybe a little uh but mostly. i wonder i wonder if that's a bad day for a con artist and they're like ah, oh, honey <laughs> <then> he cried <laughs> it was shitty i wanted him to be just like happily walking away having gotten ripped off but uh i was confronted with what i would uh, have been doing in the universe <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i doubt it yeah probably not <laughs> have you ever uh Played a Doug on any TV show? Oh, that's now, that's an interesting question. It's really difficult for me to sift through the literally hundreds of guest stars that I've done. So it's very, (laughs) I don't think, I think the answer is no. I think I've, I don't, I don't think I've ever been a Doug. I don't think so.
1: What about, uh, you know, Dougs you've known, aside from the two of us, have you had, and, and DJ Doug Pound, have you had any kind of memorable, friendships relationships work stuff with anybody named doug any great doug well i mean i
0: you you take doug pound out of the equation but doug and i used to do a podcast together a long time ago uh, with neil brandon called the champs and what i remember about that was i i remember asking uh if it was too late to start a podcast Uh, i remember i was asking dave anthony is it too late to start a podcast and he was like i don't think so and this was like 12 years ago so it's like (laughs) i was like that's how long the podcast market has felt like a lot of people have them but this is before anybody was making any money but um doug and i uh i did that podcast any other dougs that i've had in my life let's see no i don't think so i mean i've known many dougs you know i mean hey you know you two dougs have been great to me
1: (laughs) yeah and you know i'm sure most dugs you've come across have been like you're not remembering any uh you know evil dugs really
0: i can't think of a single bad doug the only doug that's coming to mind right now is a a friend's ex-boyfriend and i don't i don't have anything good uh, i'm trying to think of who's my favorite doug in pop culture who are some of the biggest dougs in pop culture
1: um that's you know Doug. that's a tough one. There's Doug the cartoon, and then there's Doug from is the name of the dog in Up.
0: Hmm. There's Doug. He
1: D-Doug. might come wandering. He might wander by while I'm standing here doing this. All right. Yeah, Doug the poo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Winnie the Pooh took a break and came back out, and this poo is really on fire. Like this poo, really. It doesn't seem to mind having the outfit on, like because it gets really hot in those things. I bet. But it's also it's a lovely night. Like the sun is setting now, and it's uh, the temperature is perfect. It's like seventy two or something. And uh, this poo is just going the distance. Like this poo's been going at it for a while. It's just really, it's really sweet poo. Well, it's <laughs> you're in you're in Epcot, right? You're
0: in Florida. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe the actor that's playing Pooh is just stoked that finally there's a job where he can wear a mask in Florida. You know what I mean?
1: And be socially di- <laughs> and be distant because he's, oh, behind. Totally. He's, yeah, that's right. he's on the other side of a fence.
0: <laughs> that's right. Oh. Any other employer in Florida, I think you're mandated to not wear a mask and breathe in the uh, particulate of your customers. You have to, like, <laughs> like you know, when, you know you're, you're like shotgunning a joint. You have to do that just with a regular breath when somebody walks in your business.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't want to drag Florida too hard. Cause I do love some of the people and, and I love and Florida too. Do uh,
0: no, don't. I, 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 no, actually... but I was going to,
1: but I was going to finish that sentence by saying, you know, I don't want to drag them, but that's what I'm about to do because I've been traveling quite a bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's ramped up now where I'm, you know, I've been to a lot of major cities and I always played as safe as possible and every city has impressed me until i got to florida florida doesn't give a fuck
0: no like
1: everybody just is only reason they wear a mask is if they're told they have to for something and they take it off the second they possibly can like like a you know like that's the crazy part to me is little kids if you just go hey wear this it keeps everybody safe they don't seem to really mind it you know it's these adults that are acting like you know a child or a A dog that's wearing something they don't want to wear, you know.
0: Completely, I've been thinking about that. Like all these, uh, because I have a kid that's in school, and all the a lot of the talk is about how kids are going to be like, you know, scarred mentally, uh, scarred by mask wearing at school. And I'm like, I don't see any evidence of that anecdotally from my own experience with having a kid in school. I do see a lot of adults seeming psychologically scarred by mask wearing. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like that's much more the vibe right now.
1: Yeah, it's got a real. I just don't get the "don't tell me what to do." It's like, all right, well then, don't see doctors or or listen to science at all. But you know, the rest. They're like, of us are they're like, survive. deal.
0: Yeah, they're like, <laughs> deal, Doug. You got yourself a deal. I will. Yeah. But I, I will say, I agree with you completely about Florida. Uh, though they be a kind of wild west, you know, version of science protocol following. I always think that they get an unfair. Uh, deriding that state is so fucking beautiful. Like I can see why people move there, not just the meth.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I love it in Florida. I mean, you know, I'm a enthusi- uh, I'm an enthusiast of amusement parks, so uh, of course there's just a lot of that down here. But I also just like, I mean, like I was saying, this weather right now is is you know probably the, this is probably the best spot, if not in the country, maybe the world. Um, of, you know, for just being comfortable. And of course that's what old people want. And that's why they all go to Boca.
0: I just took my kid to Disneyland for the very first time, actually. Oh, Uh,
1: I would love to talk about that. What was, how, how old is your kid now? She's almost four. Okay. So I'm already agreeing with that. You waited a good amount because these people with these fucking two-year-olds, at Disneyland, it's not going to do anything for anybody. It's just going to be traumatic. <laughs> right, right. It's just brutal. Like, I mean, I sometimes chuckle at it because it's just so insane how out of control some of these kids get because they just get so uh, hyper stimulated by everything. And, like, you know, right, uh, right in front of my eyes just now, children were crying because they couldn't touch the poo.
0: <laughs> I, well, they're not supposed to. It's COVID times. So you have to wash your hands. I, um, I think four years old-ish is a very good age to take a kid to, to Disneyland because, you know, the whole problem with Disneyland in general, and I haven't been since I was a little kid, but I realized this very quickly, that Disneyland in general is like, how do you pack in the experience you want to have, how do you negotiate that with the line issue, right? Right, when you, yeah. When you have a four-year-old, like you don't have to think about that. The You know what experience you're gonna have and it's going to be a subpar Disney experience because it, you're <laughs> only gonna go on certain rides. And if you get to a ride that seems cool and exciting you and they have a single rider, then you can just leave your kid uh, with one of the mascots or a stranger and run in and grab and it takes five minutes like i did that we went with another couple and um and then you know me and the guy would run in and do like uh uh space mountain and it would take ten, you know five minutes to get on because we were single riders. or the, yeah. the, the star wars things that my kid couldn't do but i will say i was so i was stoked and very proud of her because The family that we were with, they they had gone earlier in the year. And he is a little younger than her. But he started crying during Pirates of the Caribbean and, like, freaking out. And, like, they almost got divorced as a result of his decision to uh, (laughs) take the kid. And I was telling my kid, who is, to be fair, a very brave kid. uh, Like, that's part of her personality is that she's just really adventurous and just kind of doesn't give a fuck. I was like, we're going to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. You know it's a little scary there's ghosts and there's skeletons and blah 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 and she was like i want to go and we went and like it was her favorite ride and she like she loved it like she had such a great time on on every ride she didn't get scared at all but that i was like really proud as a dad to be like hell yeah she's a fucking gangster she's like she likes seeing (laughs) the only thing she commented was she didn't like how and this is her words she said i don't understand the decision to retcon johnny depp's character into the ride so I thought, Wow! What a sophisticated uh, wow! No.
1: So it, that's yeah. a real. That's that's uh, so sophisticated. I mean, I I was surrounded by adults on last time I went on that ride that wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, come up with that. I was shocked. Oh. We've never shown her the movie, so she
0: must have just read the Wikipedia <laughs> stub or something like. that I don't even know how she knows.
1: <laughs> Why the hell? Uh, oh shit! Pooh's coming this way. <laughs> Man, it's careful. crazy. It's crazy how close I am to poo right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like a um a thriller. This is like the, the tension is so high for me right now. God, it'd be crazy if we just heard screaming on your end. And <laughs> we <were talking. laughs> no, you hear like two two gunshots, and then you hear a bystander going, "That's Doug Benson. Get him!" And then we don't hear from Doug. Again. <laughs>
1: I'm just always excited when I when I find the spots where the characters come out from, because then, you know, if you do want a picture with one of the characters, uh, you know, you you know where you know where to kind of hang out. And then suddenly one of them will appear because, you know, they just they just come and go in shifts because, uh, like I said earlier, it gets too hot. So they can't uh, they can't be out for too long. Well, Wait, uh, Doug, Doug, uh,
0: because it's Florida, can you go up to the animal of uh, the animal, the mascot, and put your arm around it and get a picture right next to it?
1: No, that's what I'm saying is I've been sitting here watching this distanced picture taking that this poo has been uh-huh. taking with doing with people where they're like, uh, the Pooh is literally out in the middle of a big lawn that's all fenced, got fence around it and just, wa- you know, wanders kind of wherever, but like doesn't get, you know, within like six feet of the people and they just basically have to, I'm sure a lot of people are running video now. My favorite thing to do is to turn on when I see one of these characters, because like Um, the last time I went to Disneyland, they had like Chip and Dale and Goofy and people like that. They put them up on balconies. Yes. I saw that. that, Yeah. So that you, uh, you just wave at them and film them from down below. But I like to turn my camera on and just yell some, you know, I I don't do anything offensive really, but I just like to yell some silly question, uh, at the character and see how the person in the costume responds. And I, and I just videotape it and then, and then, uh, you know posted if it turned out funny because like yesterday I saw Rafiki and uh, uh uh what's his name Timon from uh Lion King and it's Timon and Pumbaa not Timon and Rafiki so it was strange that they were together and there was no Pumbaa so I I just yelled at them uh I love one of you; the other one, not so much. And they both <laughs> didn't, didn't know how to uh, respond. To I, I think they should assume that Timon is the one that I prefer. But uh. <laughs> you, you know, when I was at
0: Disneyland, I saw uh, it was the same thing you're talking about. On the on this balcony, there was uh, Pinocchio and uh, Geppetto and Doctor Fauci. No, I'm joking. And uh, next to them was this inexplicable man not in, not in not in a mascot suit it was just a guy in a striped like a you know a, like uh, like a striped kind of steamboat captain um like he was in a barbershop quartet jacket oh, right. yeah. and yeah. one of the, and one of those white hats like nothing to do with pinocchio i i didn't understand what he was doing there and <laughs> i thought i thought it would have been really funny to scream out like hey can i get a picture with you, sir, with you, like, like, as, as, <laughs> I was like, no, why would anybody want this guy in their
1: picture? <laughs> yeah, it's um, for some reason, like, yeah, so around some of those rides, like Pinocchio, I think, I think they're all supposed to be like dressed like, uh, like gondoliers or something. I don't know what right, they're supposed right, to be Like, it's right. supposed to be like Italian or something. I don't know. But uh, we, Moshe, we've like, this has gone so great that we're already out of time. I love it
0: i'll give you one i'll give you one last oakland factoid uh okay to to leave us with apparently there's a uh growing up as a young little uh mark uh, i used to always go to this uh kids theme park for, for little kids called children's fairyland in oakland and apparently it's very old apparently walt disney went to children's fairyland and that was one of the things that inspired him to do disneyland there apparently there was another one in europe but that was like one of his main inspiration points for disneyland
1: whoa Uh, that is a great thing to end on mostly because it's (laughs) time to end but um (laughs) what would you what would you like to plug what what uh, endless honeymoons your podcast with natasha but what what else is uh going on can people come see you
0: Yes, the Endless Honeymoon podcast uh, I do with Natasha Lagero. We do live relationship advice, and uh, you can find that wherever. And I also go into a lot of places. New Year's Eve, I'm in Oakland. We've been doing a lot of Oakland talk at the Grand Lake Theater with Natasha and Brent Weinbach and Brandon Wardell and Caleb Huron and Andrew Michon. And then I'll be at Sketchfest doing a live podcast taping the weekend of the 14th and 15th with Natasha and Reggie Watts i'm going to philadelphia in january to the brea improv valentine's weekend just for last vancouver february 19th and and then i'm doing the netflix is a joke festival with natasha at the hollywood forever uh, cemetery may the 3rd so anyway moshe com or find me on social media
1: yeah and if you're whether you're named doug or not uh be sure to tell moshe you you heard about it on uh, do you do you do meet and greets after the shows?
0: You know, it's a uh, it's a situation that's in flux, isn't it? I feel yeah, so, right. Yeah. I feel so bad about not doing it, but I also feel nervous doing it. I went and did po- comedy, you know, at Portland at Helium, and we did meet and greets because it was a, at a time when I was feeling okay and not nervous. And God, it felt good to connect to people, to comedy yeah. fans, and have people say, "I love the show," and I, I just hadn't heard anything like that in so long. It felt so human in this way, you know.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to still get that stuff, but also it is it is tricky. Like, uh, so I'm still at the stage where I'm just telling people, you know, please understand. But like, you know, maybe the next time I roll through yeah. town, uh, maybe we'll be back to more of that sort of I stuff.
0: I mean, the short um, the short answer is, I do meet and greets when I'm on the road by myself, and when I'm with Natasha, <laughs> probably not. <laughs>
1: yeah, that makes sense. Um, Doug Mellard, what do you got to plug?
0: Come along out every Tuesday in Austin, Texas, nine PM at the Buzz Mill on East Seventh at nine o'clock. It's free, it's fun, it's a great stand-up show. I host with Mike Weavy. Come check it out. What about awesome.
1: you? I'm gonna be uh in San Diego on December twenty-sixth and uh Irvine on December twenty-seventh, and all the uh details can be found at Doug dot com. And uh I think I came up with a good title for this episode. Thanks again, Moshe. My pleasure. Thanks Uh, for having me. Hope to see you in person sometime soon. And uh, as always, Douglas Honeymoon. Got it.